Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. confrontation. If you're going to do it right, if you're going to do it well, if you really care about people as a pastor, you have to tell them from time to time, listen, the Bible says this and you're doing that, you're going to run into problems. You're trying to have Jesus follow you rather than you following him. He won't change course for anybody. Do you understand it? He doesn't bend his plan. He won't shape his plan to fit your imperfection. He wants to perfect you. In fact, he insists upon it. Do you have a loved one you are needing to confront but are afraid to do so? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Robert, he teaches you that leadership involves confrontation. Confrontation can be very hard to do. However, if you confront with both truth and love, this will make the giving and receiving lighter. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. We have found our way once again back to the, the book of 1 Corinthians. We've talked about the fact that, you know, Paul planted the church. He was there in Corinth for about 18 months when he first got there. We saw in the book of Acts that that it, it scared him. It was a place of, well, not unlike South Beach. They uh, they had a temple to Venus where basically they worshipped sex. There were a thousand or more temple prostitutes roaming the streets. It was like a seaport kind of a town. It was It was just out of control. And, and Paul was used to being persecuted wherever he went. And, and he tells him, he says, I was with you in fear and trembling. And he actually, you know, in, in Acts we're told that the, the Lord came to him and said, listen, don't be afraid. You don't need to leave. You need to stay here. I have a lot of people in this town. You're going to be safe. And it seems that Paul was, was initially thinking about leaving, but he didn't. He planted a church there. He ministered for a year and a half. And now he's writing back to his children, as it were, a group of young Christians who were not doing so well. This letter is, is um, it's a very lovingly written letter, but it, it seems like it's just one long rebuke. And as we get now to the midway point in chapter 4, Paul really gets down to business. In verse 14, he says, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children I warn you. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Now, some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills. And I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. 
what do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? It is actually reported that there's sexual immorality among you. And such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife, and you're puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from you. For I indeed, as absent in body but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present him who has so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people, yet I certainly didn't mean with the sexually immoral people of this world, or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. But now I've written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother, who is sexually immoral, or covetous, or an idolater, or a reviler, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? Those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. Now, give me your attention. This is a tough one. Hard-hitting, straightforward. There are five things I want us to consider. We'll probably come back to this next week, by the way. I wanted to read the whole passage because I think it's important to see the the whole picture. But there's a lot to deal with here. The first thing I want to draw your attention to is the heart behind the rebuke. The heart behind the rebuke. Paul says, I'm not writing these things to shame you. But as my dearly loved children, I warn you. What is he saying? This is not like a warning as in, listen... I'm warning you, if you don't straighten this out, get this worked out or else. That's not the heart. Paul says, I love you guys. You know, you have a lot of teachers, but you have one father. I led you to the Lord. I've planted the church. You're my kids in the faith. I care about you. And I see you living a destructive lifestyle. I see you making choices that are going to bring negative consequences. I see you walking toward death and difficulty, and I care about you. And so I have to tell you, you're not doing okay here. This is not good. You're bragging about it. You're all puffed up. You should be mourning the heart of a father. You know, one of the hardest things for a pastor to do is confront people. I've laughed about it with JP and Rick and my wife. You know, I I hate doing counseling of any kind. I hate doing premarital counseling. Oh, Man, you know why? Because half the people leave when I'm done. As in, we're out of here. They leave the church. I can count on it. And if you talk, you know, there are people all over town who will tell you what a horrible, arrogant, ogre Pastor Robert is. And I'm like, I'm such a sweet guy. Where did they get that idea from? (laughs) Blows my mind. 
I try to be so careful. You know, when I first became a Christian, I came down here. I'd, I'd, I'd only been walking with the Lord maybe a year or so. I don't know. But I joined an organization called Youth with a Mission. If you've been around here a little while, you know that. I worked with YWAM for eight years. But when I first trained with Youth with a Mission, I was in my first training school, the discipleship training school. There were, there were only about eight of us in the class. And one of the ladies was, um, she's 67, I think, at the time. Maggie was a sweetheart, hard worker. She was a nurse, and and one day we had kitchen duty. She was finishing up washing the dishes and doing all that after a meal, and I was was mopping the the dining hall, and and I had my earphones on. You know, I'm listening to worship music. I'm mopping, and and I saw Maggie turn at the door. She turned from across the room and said something to me. You know, I took the earphones off, and I'm like, I'm sorry, Maggie. I, I didn't hear you. What did you say? And she said, I said you're going to be a wonderful leader, and I said, Oh no, not me. And I thought to myself, no way do I want to lead anybody. I had been in management. My dad owned a construction company when I was a kid. You know, he built houses and, and he, you know, he gave me a crew and made me run it and build a house when I was 18 years old. So manage retail stores. I don't want to lead anybody. You know why? Because people don't want to be led. People don't want to be led. And what I find far too often, leadership involves confrontation. If you're going to do it right, if you're going to do it well, if you really care about people as a pastor, you have to tell them from time to time, listen, the Bible says this and you're doing that, you're going to run into problems. You're trying to have Jesus follow you rather than you following him. He won't change course for anybody. Do you understand it? He doesn't bend his plan. He won't shape his plan to fit your imperfection. He wants to perfect you. In fact, he insists upon it. So he won't bend. He won't change. He will not alter course. He is who he is. His plan is perfect. Yours is not. And as he said to Paul, the writer of this letter, it's hard to kick against the goats. Do you remember the story when, you know, Saul, the Orthodox rabbi, is persecuting Christians? He's on the road to Damascus. He's got a letter. He's going to arrest these heretics as he thinks Christians are. And Jesus, the risen Christ, confronts him, blinds him, and Paul now blinded and realizing, you know, something supernatural is happening here. And he's like, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goats. What was Jesus saying? I'm not changing anything here, Paul. You're the one that's going to have to adjust your course if you want to know me, if you want to be mine. If you want to be in God's family, well, you, you, you do it God's way. You don't make it up and put it upon him. Make up your own plan and force him to bend to it. No, no, no. You, it's his family. It's, it's his world. It's his creation. And the heart behind this rebuke is such a beautiful heart. It's the heart of a father. Outside influences can so easily creep into the church and into the heart of a follower of Jesus. You may have already given your life to Jesus, but the enemy isn't going to give up on you. He'll entice you with temporary pleasures of things around you, things that don't really line up with Jesus and living for the kingdom of heaven. They may seem fun for now, but they'll never give you the life you're searching for. Don't let Satan's enticements distract you. Come back to Jesus regularly and live for the plans he has for you. Thanks for joining Pastor Robert today in this study of the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians on Main Thing Radio. 
If you'd like to learn more about this ministry, please visit our website, MainThingRadio.com. Listen to additional teachings by clicking on Podcast or download our mobile app to take Main Thing Radio with you on the go. You can even find us on social media. Come follow our Facebook and Twitter accounts to keep up to date with everything that's happening at Main Thing Radio and Calvary Chapel Miami Beach. You'll find links to our social media sites at MainThingRadio.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We pray you continue to seek Jesus each and every day. And we invite you to join us next time as Pastor Robert continues to teach through the book of 1 Corinthians, right here on Main Thing Radio.